We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is Front Office Friday. Let's go. Front Office Friday. We are here live a little bit later than our usual time slot, but live nonetheless to talk NBA basketball. We'll talk playoffs. We'll talk free agency. We'll talk the trade market, everything going on in the world of the NBA. Plenty to get into. Keith, you know, we we got a later start today. I had to go to an event at my daughter's school that involved me manning the snow cone machine. Somehow, I made it out not completely covered in snow cone syrup. So I count that as a win. That's a huge win, man. That's uh, that's honestly, that's as big as any playoff win you're going to get. Just not being ruined clothes and stained skin and everything else. I came out a few years ago. I had to run the cotton candy machine. And like, it felt like I was sticky for months. Like I was in the shower for a solid hour after and still like picking like bits of that sugary crap out of my hair and just, you know, (laughs) it was bad. It was bad. I also was not very good at it either. So you, you, so you got it much worse than I did, but the bottom line (laughs) on the, on the upside is that it's, it's delicious. That's true. Yes. Somehow we, we made it through. (laughs) We made it through. (laughs) Oh, well, we've got a lot going on, obviously, in the world of the NBA right now. We've got plenty of buzz about free agency already. Um, I guess let's just start and and plenty of talk about the playoffs as well. But Keith, the James Harden to Houston buzz is just getting more and more uh, louder, I guess. Uh, We saw the piece from uh, from Keith Pompey that said, uh, like, he's hearing it's going to happen. Like Harden, it, it feels like every day it's more of a certainty that James Harden is going to Houston. Is there just so much smoke here that we got to assume there's fire? I I think so, right? I mean, anytime you know my opinion on this, anytime we hear this stuff months out and then it doesn't go away, if we heard it once and then like didn't really hear it again, it kind of went away. It was like, all right, there's probably something to that, but then it just was gone. Now it's been I mean, we've been hearing this since December, January, like uh-huh. we're, you know, months later, still roughly a month, month and a half ish out from the start of free agency. So yeah, we're, we're full on into the, uh, you know, time where I, I think we take this serious now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's looking more and more like this is going to happen. What is, you know, a lot of people, we spent a lot of time talking about, about Houston and okay. What does Houston do? Do they cash in some of the young assets? What do they do with their pick? What, you know, it, you can't really just put James Harden on a team full of young players and then use your pick on somebody young too and expect it all to work out. No, you're going to have to make some trades and moves and things like that. What does Philly do? 
What does Philly do if James Harden just walks away? Yeah. And I know we looked at it and said, well, they gave up Ben Simmons, and we all know how that's going in Brooklyn. But now if James Harden just walks away, what do you do? Yeah, I think the first thing you try to do, if, especially if it's to Houston and assuming it's for straight-out cap space, you try and incent them to make it a sign-and-trade, right? Give them, offer mm-hmm. them a second-round pick or two to do nothing different than what they're going to do anyway. Um, now, there's bad blood between Tillman Fertitta and uh Daryl Morey, so that may not fly, um, but it'd be that's that's just holding a grudge to hold a grudge sake, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I would, you know, hey, if I can get a second round pick or you know, second round pick and a you know kid off the roster or something, I don't know. Like let's just make it into a sign and trade and move along um, with that. So that that would be the first step, and then that would give you, you know, obviously the largest trade exception in NBA history that you would be able to use a chunk of at least uh, to replace James Harden or, or flesh out your depth with a couple other players or something like that. So that would be the first step. Other than that, you, I mean, I've seen people say, well, then you got to trade Tobias Harris, right, to, to rework it. And it's like now you start feeling like you're kind of throwing good money after bad a little bit uh-huh. where it's like, you can't really replace them, right? You're going to lose the salary slot. That's the main thing. You're just trying to retain that salary slot as best you can. So I think you end up in a spot where it is, all right, you know what? That kind of is what it is. And we, you know, if he goes, we just ride it out. A year from now, the books will clean up a good amount, right? It'll be Joel Embiid, mm-hmm. Tyrese Maxey on a new deal. And that's about it. I guess one more year, PJ Tucker, but you're in pretty good shape at that point. So that's what, you know, that, that's what I would do. Just ride it out as best you can. I wonder how Embiid would feel about that, though. Essentially, you're essentially saying just wait until the end of next season, yeah. and you're telling Embiid, who just won the MVP, hey, we're just going to kind of tread water for a year, and if you can hang on for another year, then maybe we can do something. Yeah. I don't – I mean, how does he respond to that after a season when they were, I mean, frankly expected to, to try to make a push to the Eastern Conference Finals? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, it's, it's hard, right, because you would hope that – you know, he would get it, but also, I mean, this guy's going to be looking at me like, wait, we're going to throw a year of my prime away right. coming off an MVP. So yeah, I, I think they're in a spot where you probably do just kind of hold out a little bit. Right. And you, you, you say, Hey, no, come on, fix it. Like go get something. So that's why, again, I think you do what you can to try to turn it into a sign and trade and make it something good. So you can have it on uh, you know, both sides there. Right? We lost him, but, we can get something to try and replace them. Maybe try to make it into a three-team deal where, mm-hmm. you know, you could bring some salary back in direct from another team that's like, yeah, hey, we've got some salary we want to get off of. So I, I'll say this. Harden is 1-1-A, depending on how you feel about Kyrie Irving, of free agents that we can reasonably expect to change teams this summer. Um, I don't think Kyrie's leaving Dallas. I think he'll probably stay there. Great. It's Kyrie, so who knows. But I think we're going to see major movement via trade uh, this summer. I'm I'm not going to go as far as like we did a year ago and call it the summer of the trade um, because there are some teams with cap space, but I think the new, the new CBA and the restrictions against these teams with, um, you know, being super expensive. I think we're going to see a bunch of these teams start making moves to basically say, Hey, we've got to, you know, kind of get things in balance here and line stuff up. And that's going to lead to, I think a handful of trades that we aren't necessarily expecting. Keith, I can tell you right now, a massive trade is going to go down on July 6th. Okay. 
July right. 6th. Mark so, your calendars, everyone. I'm telling you is right that your now. travel day? This is happening. That is my travel day to Las Vegas <laughs> for NBA Summer League. So that's it. how I know. Uh, I'm sure Adam Silver, the, the, the powers that be in the NBA, general managers around the league, they wait until the until I go wheels up on that plane. Then they pull the trigger because that's how it yeah. always seems to work. So it, July that 6th, true. that's that's when it's going to happen. By the well, way, just quick plug it, for Summer League. If you have not been, go. It's a ton of fun. It's a blast. I can't wait for it. Less than two months. Counting count down. As much fun as the NBA playoffs have been and all that. Summer League coming up in Did you uh, in see the, um, the thing that they announced yesterday? No. What was well, it? How they're, they're calling it. I got to find it now. It's like NBA Con. Or something Ooh. like that. And it's, um, gosh, I wish I could find it now. But it's basically, like, like we always call it NBA Comic Con. Like, they're really launching, like, a like a con portion of Summer League. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to be at one of the hotels. And I, I can't remember who tweeted it now. Maybe it was the NBA's official account. I don't know. I know I retweeted. Uh, here it is. The NBA Today announced that NBA Con, a first-of-its-kind event that blends the interests of NBA players and fans into a celebration of the best of hoops culture, will debut at Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas from July 7th through 9th. So in conjunction with that first few days of Summer League. So that's on on my Twitter. I'll retweet it again. Well, they uh, know. In case anybody wants to grab it now. (laughs) They know. I mean, Summer League is going to be flooded. Assuming, I mean, I guess, Mm -hmm. because everybody on the play. So, so I asked a couple people about that this week and their take was, let's see how, when his season wraps up over in Europe, mm-hmm. right? Because if his season is wrapped up in advance, there's a chance you might see him come out and play like a game, maybe two. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like Zion. I, yeah. Uh, I think he was also named to France's provisional roster for the world cup this summer. So I don't know that we're going to see him finish his European season play in the um play in summer league and play in the work up sorry the dog is going crazy so i'm gonna need for a second <laughs> all good all good i've got a question here coming in from alan who said trevor who would you want to pay more rui hachimura or austin reeves and so i'll address that while keith is dealing with the dog there um so i guess there's two ways to look at this who would you want to pay more like who would you want to give more money to or who would if you had to pick one of them who would you rather pay which is I'm yeah. I'm guessing it's pick one of them. Pick right? one that's, of them. That's that's probably what we're saying too. Yeah. And I would I would lean towards Austin Reeves. Uh Rui Hachimura obviously has done some really good things for the Lakers. But I think the great thing is they don't have to make the decision of who, of which one they want to keep. They could keep both of them. And in fact, they're in the driver's seat to keep both guys. So um we'll see what ultimately they do. But uh yeah, I would I would pick Reeves if you told me, hey, you can only choose one of these two players. Yeah, I would pick Reeves too. I think I do think they're going to be pressed to keep them both, though, because I, I, I they the chances of Reeves signing the team friendly extension. That's they're that's gone. Like that's not going to happen now. Like sure. that's that's out the window. Like he, he's going to get paid major money. He's just been way too good uh, throughout the course of these playoffs. So they're going to have to match a pretty big offer sheet. And honestly, if you're the Lakers, it's probably going to be the way it goes because they're limited in how much they can offer him directly. Yes. Um, in a contract, but they can match any kind of offer sheet he gets. So what's going to happen is he's probably going to get a pretty, pretty good sized offer sheet. And that's going to you know be the way the Lakers have to, to pay him um, is if they match on it. Now with Rui Hachimura, 
it's similar ish Pope, but they have his bird, right? So they could strike early with him. And mm-hmm. you got to be really careful on Rui Hachimura because the games that have been good have been really, really good. But there's also been a whole bunch of games, even in this playoff run. We didn't even know he was out there. Right. Well, he so, wasn't out there, especially yeah. in the Golden State series. He, didn't, series. he wasn't yep, a fit. Those two. So that's the the other part of it, right? So you know, I hey, it, people went a little two parts, right? People went bananas over six possessions at the end of game one. It was like, all right, we. Oh, the, the this- Nuggets went bananas over that. Sure. They were the only ones but, running around screaming. It's oh, <laughs> it's complaining. Mike Malone, what a clown! But, <laughs> that guy was, was, was losing his mind. I was more on the, you know, like a lot of national people started tweeting about like, oh, I don't know, maybe they found something here. And it's like, I mean, but that's just it. But here's the leap they were taking was everybody was saying maybe they found something. The Nuggets took that and went to the series is over. The Lakers just figured them out. (laughs) And so it's like we were here and they went 10 miles down the road. And then got offended. I mean, it was bizarre yeah, I, behavior. I mean, I think them. there's a lot of gamesmanship and nonsense in that too. Oh yeah, it was it was very I, much firing up his team. I'm sure. I, I just you know, for me, it was like that. It's the same thing where he had that right. It was the Grizzlies game where he had the monster game against the Grizzlies, and people were like, "You got to pay this guy whatever he wants." It's like, whoa, like that, oh yeah, yeah. That, that goes sideways real quick when we start paying guys off of, you know, a couple playoff games or even one playoff run. Uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, there's been, you know, uh, countless stories of that. Uh, Jerome Jordan. Anybody yeah. remember back in the day? <laughs> Wasn't it Jerome James? Jerome name? James? Jerome Jordan? One of the two. Yeah. But, Jerome but for James, the Sonics. I think you're right. From the Sonics. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. A monster for the time. That's, that's well, the one I was, one, that was in my head. Yeah. I'm like, I wonder right, if he's thinks of the same guy. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And it's just, you know, so yeah, so we don't pay people off of one crazy, uh, you know, uh, you know, playoff run. So, um, you know, so my guess is if they had to pick, it's probably Reeves over Hachimura and then you, you move on. But to your point, they don't have to, right. It could get unreasonably expensive to keep them both, but that's, you know, I don't know. You, you know, my feelings on this. I don't, I don't like when the Lakers and I'll throw the Celtics in there too. Don't cry poor mouth to me. You're two sure. of the most, you know, wealthy franchises in, in the league. Just go, right? Like just just go and this is, you know, pay these guys. You're going to make it back as long as you're, you know, a decent team. Like just be, you know, don't 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 cheap out because it's money. You know, you can't you can't you can't give me that. Now, you can give me a little bit of a hey, it might make it real hard to build a team in a couple years, but let's worry about a couple years in a couple years, right? And and I think that now it's going to be more, and this is perhaps why ownership like this in the CBA is now you can make the argument that it's about it's strategic. It's not oh we don't want to pay. It's we want to have access to the taxpayer mid level. We want to be able to make trades and not have the kind of financial restrictions that the super tax would place upon it. So teams can now lean on that too, and and rightfully so. I mean it's part of the reason why those rules are are around. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on. And and the Lakers, one of those teams, are going to have to keep an eye on it. But and many other teams are as well. Um, so that's going to be a new dynamic that we're going to be looking at this summer. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. That's, it's going to be a major thing. And, and it's kind of, this is the sort of kind of grace period year for a bunch of people to kind of get yourselves in order, you know, and that's going to be, be where it is. And it's the reality, these rules are designed to put teams in positions to lose good players. Right. So Mm -hmm. we, 
balance and spread that talent amongst the league. And that's, that's the decision. It's not, I mean, this is one we're talking about this one direct right now, but there's a ton of these types of decisions that are going to have to be made, you know, all around the NBA. I mean, Boston's going to have to face one with Grant Williams, right? Like, can sure. we keep him and how much can we pay him? And, you know, is that going to be unreasonable knowing we're probably going to be paying Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, you know, a hundred million dollars here in a couple of years between the two of them. So, you know, that, they, they, that, but that's what this new CBA is designed to do. If you want to keep your guys, you can, you know, nothing will stop you from doing that, but that's your choice. And then you're stuck in other ways. Uh, Esham 976, it sounds like Pistons owner Tom Gores is happy with any of the three, or isn't happy, he added in later, with any of the three potential coaches we've been hearing about who's left. Yeah, there was a rumor out there that had they won the lottery that they were going to push hard. They they believe it was Monty Williams. They said they Mm -hmm. were going to make a real run at. Um, They they clearly didn't, right? They they clearly didn't, uh, you know, win the lottery. The other way. Yeah, went the other way as bad as it could go and dropped, you know, four places. So, yeah, I'm not sure where this heads now. I I, I kind of thought it was going to be Kevin Ollie. I, I did too. That was just what I felt like. You know, he's had experience with uh, building young teams both at the collegiate level and, you know, now with overtime elite. So, you know, but, yeah, I, I, it's a little surprising me that we're still here. But, you know, lottery's behind him now. Now it's, you know, there's nothing's going to change at this point for them. So, yeah, well, let's see. Maybe, you know, if, if things fall through for Monty Williams, maybe he is willing to mm-hmm. take on a you know team that's trying to you know build back up. So, you know, so we'll, we'll, we'll see. I will say, I think that this offseason, to me anyway, it feels like there's more there's more coaching talent available than there are landing spots for them. Sure. Um, so I think that you can be a little bit more selective than in certain than in some other offseasons. Um, not every offseason, obviously, because each one has kind of its own personality and everything. But it, it does feel like there's a number of coaches out there that maybe wouldn't typically be available. So maybe the Pistons can, you know, not rush into anything necessarily. If they if the person they don't necessarily love is right there, it might just be that they need to wait for the music to stop and see who's left standing and then take your pick. That, that could be the option for them if they don't have somebody that they love ready to sign up right this minute. Yeah. Yeah. It could absolutely be, you know, the way, way this goes is yeah, there, there's, there's no reason to rush. You want to get it done ideally before the draft. Cause you want your coach, not that the coach should be making the draft picks or making your free agent decisions, but you at least want them involved right in mm-hmm. the, in the discussion points. So, so you're kind of on, you know, about a month or so uh, here to, to get that done. Probably ideally let's get it done in the next couple of weeks. So those guys can be in the, uh, in the draft workouts and in the conversations and all that stuff leading up sure. to it. But yeah, that that's where, where I think it's headed. Hey, I want to go to one. I'm going to go to one real quick before. We okay, get go ahead. There. Yep. Um, but it was uh, Austin asked, uh, I assume he's Lakers. Cause he says, can we somehow get Tyus Jones and not sign d You're not going to get Tyus Jones with the John Morant uncertainty. Like right. it's, you know, I'd be shocked if the Grizzlies uh, traded uh, Tyus Jones. Like, I, that just doesn't make any sense. Um, Tyus Jones, for my money, is the best backup point guard in the league. 
because he's great in that role and he can also start for you and you don't really miss, you know, too much when he, when he's out there as a starter. So I think, um, you know, they're going to have to get another point guard now that to me becomes, you know, major priority for them. Cause I think John Morant, I'm guessing it's going to be in the range of a 20 game suspension. That's what I'm thinking that he gets. So did you, know. did you see Nike uh, pulled his shoe? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yep. This is, yep. I mean, this is going to be a big thing. Yeah. And, I, and I don't and I don't know if there's any timeline in terms of when the NBA is going to make a decision on this, but I agree when it comes down, I, I think we're easily into the double digits in terms of games suspended. Yep. And then somebody asked, I'll just answer this one very quick from Alexander asked, how likely is it Al Horford leaves the Celtics? Uh, he's signed an extension um, earlier this year, so I don't think there's any chance he's going. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Anywhere. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, let's dive into this one. Vector Nova said, hey guys, uh, if I understand the new CBA rules correctly, which I may not, would you guys say the new rules place more emphasis on drafting because of cost-controlled contracts on drafted players? I would say yes. It's not entirely on drafting, but in general, yes. I think it becomes more beneficial to have players on cost-controlled contracts, particularly, and that's if you're a team that's seeing salaries creep up. If you can get a player where you get a guy that you're going to pay $7 million starting or something like that, and they're a playable guy, somebody that you're going to put into your rotation – that can become very valuable over giving a, a guy costing having that that role cost you twenty million dollars or something mm-hmm. like that for a high level role player. So that's where it comes into play. Uh, high high level drafting is is important. You've got to find success there. But in general, yes, I think it does place more emphasis on on drafting players and doing well in the draft. Yeah, I, I think that's where you know Warriors, Clippers. Celtics, Bucks, Suns, Lakers, like they're going to have to nail these draft picks that'll be coming for some of them in the middle of the first round. But for a lot of them, if this season, not this season, but future seasons go generally, if you're really expensive, 
generally correlates to being pretty good. So mm-hmm. then that turns into a spot where it is, all right, you're drafting in the twenties and, but you got to nail those picks in the twenties because that's how you're going to, going to be one of the only ways you can replenish your talent pipeline is draft picks and then minimum signings because they're going to be limited to uh, no no uh, exceptions to use uh, moving forward in the years down the line if you're that expensive because you're just not going to be in that position so yeah I think the draft becomes very very important I'll also say too I think you're going to see some teams probably less willing to trade draft picks if they're going to be super expensive down the line. Now we also know like there's going to be this whole thing where with frozen picks, you know, uh, several years out and those kind of things. So yeah, I, I you know, we're, we're a lot of stuff to come with this. This is going to probably be about a two to three year kind of window of, you know, teams figuring it out what this new world looks like. And that's, you know, kind of the intention of this too. Um, Keith, you said frozen picks. And the first thing I thought of was Patrick Ewing. but you're right you're right Um, but i'll also say this though i think that it's not just on the draft it also places more emphasis on finding productive players on team friendly contracts and i think gms are going to have to be a little bit more shrewd in terms of how they sign players the deals they sign them to like it becomes all the more valuable if you can get a player on a longer term deal that ends up being team friendly. So you sign a guy to a contract, like for example, uh, I, this is just the first one off the top of my head. This isn't the typical situation. Typically I'm thinking of like a role player who ends up becoming a starter or something like that. But you think about Steph Curry where he had the ankle injuries. And so they got the Warriors, got sure. him on a cheaper contract and then he wound up being a superstar. Um, situations like that, I think are going to be more important that teams hit home runs on those. And that's where you get into like, the hinky special and things like that. Do those be those contracts become all the more important? And then is the downside from the player's perspective that now there's more pressure to find these kind of bargain deals on general managers and thus players get squeezed a little bit more in contract negotiations. Is that something that we see? Obviously that's not something that's going to affect the top, top, top tier players, but the middle of the pack guys could end up feeling the squeeze a little bit on that. Yeah, I think to an extent, I think those guys generally get squeezed anyway, right? That's because, true. you know, for the most part, money just goes to 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 the main main guys, right? And it's, uh, you know, then that becomes like, all right, you know, where are we kind of going from from there? It's, you know, you pay the, the max guys and then that's it, right? And then you're filling out with exceptions and minimums and everything else anyway. But yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I, I think, you know, any any bargain deal you can sign any player you can you know find an undrafted player or anything like that you know the, the better off you're going to be now moving forward uh, this Krius has a uh interesting take lakers are down 0-2 because darvin ham shaved his beard is that really Maybe. what it is it could be could if be that's all it is it, Maybe. That, I mean, right? it's their powers hockey. or something right? Isn't it hockey, right? No, they don't shave, right? They all grow playoff beards. Isn't that what I happens think so. in hockey? So yeah. Did, I, did you was... did you happen to watch the uh quadruple overtime game? No. Keith? Uh, no. no. <laughs> I I flipped it. I was still up and I, I flipped it on in the fourth overtime just for you know, j- just out of uh just being curious. Not that I've paid a ton of attention to the hockey playoffs or could tell you who's in it or anything like that, but I will stop and watch a game if it's on, you know, and I'm flipping through sure. it because it's fun. Playoff hockey is exciting. I, I I probably couldn't name five NHL players, but it's just something that's fun to, to flip on. 
And I saw it and I went, oh my gosh. Like even I, as the most casual hockey observer, right? The lowest level of casual in terms of my hockey knowledge, even I could see how exhausted those guys yeah. were out there on the ice. Yeah, anytime hockey goes deep like that in the playoffs, because there, there's no you know shootout or anything, yeah, you can always see those guys wiped out. Playoff hockey is fun, but that was uh, I I finished the uh, the the Nuggets Lakers game, watched Ted Lasso, and went mm-hmm. to bed. Yeah, it was. I have I'm behind a couple episodes on Ted Lasso. I have to get back to that, but I do have a flight next week, so I think I'm kind of saving for that. Um, Bert said, "Is there any way the the Lakers can get anything for he means Bamba?" Or Beasley. I was looking at that. It was a conversation I was having on Twitter. Uh, I think it was yesterday that they both have team options. I don't know if the Lakers no, picked no, those no, up. No, 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 Bamba what? does not have it. Bamba is non guaranteed. Sorry, non guaranteed. Yes, so non guaranteed. But but you know what I mean. Say yeah. functionally, well, right? We're talking about the same kind of thing. Yes, right? but, but, but the bottom line, the Lakers, the Lakers get to decide. Yeah. Right. Whether or not they want to keep them on that that deal. Yeah. Um, I don't know if the Lakers are going to be able to pick that up because of the new CBA and what you're going to have to pay Rui and Reeves and D'Angelo yep. Russell and all of those. I think it might get a little tricky there. So a lot of people have been asking, well, could you trade those guys say on draft night or something like that? Um, I don't know which teams would be trading for them though. Yeah. That's, that's the problem. And then if you're taking back, assuming you're taking back salary, like that's going to be salary. That's going to put you closer to that, super tax and, and everything. Yeah. So it gets a bit the, tricky. The problem with Bamba is you'd have to guarantee a large chunk of his salary to even right. use him. Cause now that the, I know the season's not over, but from trade perspective, the season is over. So he now, because next year is fully non-guaranteed, he counts as zero in a trade. Yeah. The minute you're basically effectively the minute you're past the trade deadline, um, you, you, your next year salary, if non-guaranteed switches over to, whatever the guaranteed amount is in Bomba's case, that's zero uh, for Beasley. They'd have to pick up the team option first. You can't trade them as a pending free agent. So they'd have to pick it up. And now if I'm the other team that's trading for those guys, I'm like, what do I want? 25, exactly. million, you know, that salary on my books for like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm good. I'm going to move on. So, you know, so that becomes the kind of, kind of the problem is right. And I see somebody said, you know, Lakers can use their salary with their pick. Lakers draft pick isn't good enough to offset. I mean, that's bad salary, you know, for those two guys. So that's yeah. not enough. The, the only way that's off. helpful is if you're taking back a long-term mm-hmm. salary, yep. that's, that's bad, right? Yep. Yeah. You'd have to take back, a, you know, you know, somebody who that a team's like, yeah, we don't really want this guy at, you know, 20 plus million, but yeah, man, if you want him, sure. You can have him. you know, kind of go from there. So my, my guess is my guess is they just wave Bomba and move on. Maybe he comes back signed to a much uh, lesser contract, like, you know, probably in the minimum range. Uh, maybe that's what happens. And then mm-hmm. I think they're just going to pick up Beasley's option because then you'll just you'll you'll have him as, you know, 15 million or whatever is if nothing else matching salary to put in a put into a trade next season. But that's my guess is, you know, just pick him up and move on. Cause I don't know that they're going to be able to keep Reeves and Hachimura and uh, Lonnie Walker. Like that, that just all gets. Oh, too yeah. expensive. So, yeah, so at that point, somebody's got to play minutes. Right. And mm-hmm. it's not like, I mean, Malik Bees is pretty awful defensively, but at least in the regular season, you can get by throwing them out there for 15, 20 minutes a night to make shots. Yeah. I wasn't put, I wasn't factoring Lonnie Walker into my, my numbers yeah. there but yeah. 
but we'll see. We'll see what they ultimately wind up doing. Um, Eric Olson, were the Lakers gassed? Do you think the altitude affected them? Whatever it was, it made them make some very poor decisions in the fourth (laughs) quarter. I mean, just bizarre stuff. Uh, they do say that, right? Those guys climb Everest and then they, right. Like they'll, they'll get that altitude sickness that makes them like strip off all their clothes and then they fall off the mountain. So I don't know, maybe it did affect the decision. Maybe, I don't know, but, uh, (laughs) but yeah, whatever it was, I mean, they, they fumbled on the five essentially and Denver ran it all the way back. The Lakers just went, ah, no, thanks. We're not interested. Yeah. I I, I think it's, you know, just kind of like, I, I think Denver's good. Right. Oh, I, absolutely. I, they're know, they're I, fantastic. I, yeah, I think we're, you know, just listening to some stuff today and watching some stuff. Just full disclosure, why there's no show yesterday. I've, I've been feeling under the weather for a couple of days, um, so I've been really catching up on a lot of podcasts and watching way more TV than I usually do during the day. Which, God, those daytime sports shows are so bad. Oh my um, gosh, it's it's difficult. It's a difficult. Like everything watch. is like, what's wrong with the Lakers from those shows? And it's like, God. Uh, Denver's good. Like that's what's wrong with the Lakers. Like watch you know, any of those. And maybe that's why I'm so like when, when Denver is complaining about stuff, I'm like, yeah. what are you talking about? Cause I don't yeah. watch any of those. Yeah, they're not all. talking about, them. yeah, they're talking about those guys. Cause that's what happened after game one, the whole one, every single one of those shows. Cause I had a million people, you know, Hey, did you see this? Did you see that? And I'm like, no, cause I didn't watch it after game one. Yeah. Unfortunately I did watch some of it this morning and yeah, it's, 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 it's bad like it's you know and that's the tough thing right where it's like you know i mean what are we doing like it's not like you know let's give the nuggets credit it's not like they're playing against you know some crap team like denver is good oh i've been i've been beating that drum from the beginning of the series that this is a great nuggets team that they're actually a lot of fun to watch um that they're they're amazing um they're they're a fantastic team but um yeah weird stuff weird stuff um we've got (laughs) Somebody compared this the sports shows to WWE. Um, that's why we say just hoops and no hot takes here. That's right. Show. That's right. Here's a good question. Bert said, "Will Westbrook leave the Clippers? Because the Clippers, especially with the new rules coming in, they're really limited to that veteran minimum yep. to to give him. Uh, he could go to the Suns or the Rockets with Harden. I mean, didn't we already see Westbrook yeah, and Harden going, together? He's not going to play with Harden again. Like no." That. That already went sideways in the yeah. Suns. I don't know that he's going back to playing with KD either. Um, yeah, he may just take a minimum with the Clippers because he could. You know why? I mean, he actually it seemed like he fit there and mm-hmm. it went fairly well there. And I, I I would imagine he doesn't want to be seen as a minimum player though. That's yeah. the the tough That's, part. But he but doesn't he's have also, to leave family then. Yeah, and this late in his career, it's not like you know. I don't know. And it's like he needs the money, right? He's made plenty of money. So, yeah. I want to go. This one was asked a little, you know, about 10 minutes ago. Matthew Harrison, if you can scroll up and pull it up, but I'll read it. Sure. Uh, Can the Pistons get their 24 first rounder back from the Knicks for trade flexibility? So, what Matthew's talking about is the Pistons owe a protected pick to the Knicks. um, And it's got years of protection still to go on that pick that picks bounced around from a couple different teams. And now ultimately the Knicks own it with the new cap penalties. Do you think the Knicks would include the pick with Fournier to clean their books? It's possible. Here's the thing for the Knicks though. The Knicks don't need to clear space. Like Uh they're, they're doing pretty good. Like they, they've got, uh, you know, the things in pretty good shape already. So I'm not so sure, you know, the Knicks are in a spot where like they, they've got to start, 
using picks to dump salary. Like they 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 should be okay um, with where they're going already. So I I I don't know, I, and I'm also not sure. I don't get the sense Detroit's going to be in a um, hey pay us to take on bad salary mm-hmm. spot. Um, and it, again, just to go back to the next, just because I wanted to confirm, forty is a, in effect an expiring deal because it's a team option for next like two seasons from now, 24, 25. So he's moving into 18.8 million. Yeah. Not good money, but the, the Knicks are fine. They, they, they should be okay. They, they've got enough, you know, wiggle room that they should be able to make it work. But yeah, if they decide, you know, yeah, we got to dump, uh, you know, Fournier's contract. They, I think they will. I think what's most likely to happen is they just don't pick up the option for Derek Rose. And then that gives them the wiggle room. They need to resign Josh Hart and move forward. Yeah. Jason says Knicks fan here dumping Fournier doesn't do anything yeah. for the for the Knicks. Yeah. Now, in I will say this, and, and I think I, I'm not saying Jason is wrong here because I think Jason is correct. But I'll say this though, like in general, if you tell fans, hey, you're going to give up an asset in order to dump a player, they generally don't want to hear that. Right? They don't yeah. they don't want to do that. They don't want to lose a pick just to get a guy off of the roster because what's that to them? Does it save it saves the saves ownership a little bit of money, but that doesn't mean it. So fans tend to be negative about the idea of, hey, we need to dump a player. But nonetheless, I'm not saying that applies necessarily to this situation. I think Jason is, is right. It doesn't necessarily do anything. Yep. Although, did you see Fournier's comments? Yeah. Where he, he, he was just, he, he expects to not be there next year. So yep. that's going to be interesting to see how that kind of plays out. Yeah, I, I think there's a chance that he gets moved. I just don't know that they're going to throw a pick in to do it. But maybe. I mean, they could. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Um, I think – See, did we see that Lisa Salter should, said she had never watched Jokic before this series? No. And I, I'm sure that was either said in jest or, you right. know, I, I find that very, very hard to believe. Yes. You know, that, that one of the top sideline reporters out there saying she she never watched. Um Neville Hendricks, this is a little weird. So okay. said Keith and then gave the Spock sign, the live long and prosper, an alien head in a basketball. Trevor, I went down an Area 51 rabbit hole the other day on YouTube. Did you? Yeah, I don't know. I was going, what did it you was find? after our Wednesday show. I went to, to pull the link to share it. Uh-huh. Um, to everybody and there was this video that just popped up it was like it was it was from a couple years ago it was um about that whole storm area 51 thing and it was like here's what really happened at the storming of area 51 and uh-huh. then the next thing i knew like an hour and a half was gone and i had just watched all these <laughs> area 51 videos that's that that happens to me every now and then i'll put something on but you know what it is for me it's uh it's music it's uh, music like I'll put on a music. I'll be like, it'll be you know this song gets uh, Africa covered by this metal guy from Sweden or, or something like that, and I'll put it on. And the next thing you know, I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I definitely want to listen to this one next. Oh, and then there's this. And next thing you know, it's like <laughs> two yeah. hours later, and I'm listening to November Rain or something like that. And yeah, that's that's classic, that's how I that's wind up. One. You know, it's funny. Go, wind up suddenly. I'm like, oh well, I was I was supposed to do like three things in this time, and instead I did nothing, which is fantastic. Yeah. Oh, um, I like this one. Did you see it? What from Mission 86 performance? Oh, okay. Here I'll put it up right now. Yeah. There it is. 
Uh, might be premature, but are you willing to describe for those of us who don't follow the minutia of the NBA, the hypothetical process step-by-step of launching a new franchise here in Las Vegas decision to decision to opening night. So, all right. So we're, we're going to skip some parts of this, right? Because sure. obviously some, some of this is, you know, going to be back room and discussion and negotiation. Essentially what happens is when the NBA announces they're going to expand, they're going to take bids from, our groups that are going to represent teams within cities, right? So, um, you know, the NBA could pull something different and come in and say, we are, um, you know, we're just going to Las Vegas and Seattle and we already have our groups picked out and go, but it's very unlikely. Generally they'll accept bids um, from, from uh, potential ownership groups and then they go. So, so that'll be the first step. Then they'll pick an ownership group. Maybe they've already got it done. Um, Mm -hmm. And then what will happen is from there, they will then at some point in that process, they will announce the timeline for when that team will start play. Usually that will be all that too. Yeah. And a team name and that'll all come right. It'll start out initially with, and we'll use Vegas because this is what his question was. Las Vegas, you know, NBA franchise. And then a a team name will come down the line and all those sorts of things. Um, Maybe picked, maybe voted upon by the locals. You know, we'll see. But then what will happen is the NBA will announce this team will start play. It'll probably be two years away from whenever it is. And what will happen with this is how many, sorry, Bruce Barnes asked, so I got to chime in on this. <laughs> how many cities would get teams before Edmonton? Uh, at least 15. At least. At yeah. Least, yeah. Yeah. Definitely at least 15. Sorry. I, I did radio so, in Edmonton yesterday randomly. Did you? I've done it there a couple times too. Um, so, yeah, so back to this question on this, right? So now what will happen is there will be some agreed upon rules for the draft. The last couple of times uh-huh. teams have come in, they've been, uh, whether it was the first draft or multiple drafts, um, they limit those teams to say you know, where the lottery picks are now top four. They may say top five is where you're going to pick fifth and sixth. And they'll hold some kind of drawing. And what they'll do is they'll say, I'm going to use Seattle as the other one. Las Vegas and Seattle are going to pick one of you gets the first pick in the expansion draft. One of you gets the higher pick in the NBA draft. They will operate almost always under a lower salary cap for those first uh, season, maybe even two seasons. Um, so they'll go from there. And then do we know what Edmonton is? Yeah, it's a city in Canada. I know where Edmonton is. The Oilers play there. Come on now. My idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they, uh, so, so they're, um, so now, then what you'll have is you'll have the expansion draft will happen. Um, the expansion draft, there's a million rules on an expansion draft. Maybe this summer we'll do a mock expansion yeah. draft or something. We should. Fun, so we can really get in so how people can see how it works. But essentially, every team under previous rules have said, um, they, they have said uh, that every team can protect up to eight players, the unprotected players who can't be free agents. Those players can go into the expansion draft. Once you lose a player um, that gets drafted, um, you can know you can't lose more than one. You're you're out. So if you you know uh, like let's say the Lakers unprotected Mo Bamba, if it was right now, mm-hmm. if they, somebody picked Mo Bamba, the Lakers could not then also lose you know another player exactly um, from that. So uh, teams that are super deep sometimes lose pretty good players. Uh, sometimes teams expose good players because they're hopeful the contract will get picked. Sometimes teams have offered, hey, pick this guy and we'll also give you our first round pick. 
to get Mm -hmm. that salary off the books. There's all sorts of things you can do with this. So then what happens um, from there, they'll have the regular draft. They'll slot in wherever they slot in. I'm going to say five, six likely um, for now. And then free agency will come. They'll have free agency to to run through and use whatever cap space they have. Generally, it's quite a bit because they'll be limited. And then they'll fill out their rosters the best they can and then go into their first season of play. Um, so probably from the time it's announced, I would say somewhere between two to three seasons yes. before they'll still actually start play um, from the time the NBA announced expansion. It takes a lot just to get the infrastructure of a team put into place. I mean, you, I mean obviously, I mean, beyond even just the GM and the coach, but think about all of the logistics that are required in order to run an NBA game, like to host an NBA game at an arena, how many people you need involved in just that. It's a lot. There's a lot that you have to do. And then go into, you know, you've got to you've got to do all the stuff with with naming, all the legal issues with with yep. naming, making sure that nobody else has that name. I mean, that yep. and that's a very simple thing. And that's yep. like multiply that process out over 70 other things. And that's there's a, so many different things that the teams yep. have to do to actually come into existence. And if um, the arenas aren't going to be ready yes. for them, where are you going to play in the interim time and all sorts of stuff with that? Yeah, there's a million other things. But, you know, basketball was, I think that covers the most of, you know, what, what obviously too, right? You got to hire a, a front office and, and scouts and everything else. So, you know, so we'll, we'll see. Yeah, Bruce asked too, how huge of an advantage would Mexico City have oh, yeah. home being, you know, way higher in altitude? That's been, been, talked that's part of why they have the g league team there is there that's you know call it what it is that's a feasibility you know case study to see could we put an nba team in mexico city and what might that look like it's something we talk about all the time whenever the u.s soccer teams go and play Mm -hmm. there when they go play at azteca it's like it's yeah it's they almost always do a run through denver and then they're Mm -hmm. usually there a week to two weeks ahead of time to, to train because of that now, obviously in the course of an NBA schedule, you can do that. Right. Cause, cause you're not, you, you don't have that much time to go, but yeah, that is definitely, definitely true. That's something to consider. Eric says, if you're the Pelicans GM, do you make Herb Jones and Trey Murphy untouchable? I don't think the word untouchable is the right one to use. Now, yeah. if you're talking about in a, because we were discussing the, the um, expansion draft it while this question came in, if that's what you mean, yeah. Then, yeah. I mean, obviously they're going to be on your list of players you're protecting, sure. but yeah. as far as untouchable and trade talks this summer, like I wouldn't be going out of my way to try to move them. But if uh, a deal for the right player is, is available, I wouldn't have those guys as untouchable. That's for sure. Jones would be harder for me to trade than Murphy. Sure. And I like Trey Murphy quite a bit, but Jones is, I mean, this guy might win, win defensive player of the year someday. He's that, oh, that yeah. on that end of the floor. So, but yeah, I mean, yeah, if it's the absolute right trade, yeah, you gotta, you gotta think about it. I just wrote their, uh, off, well, I didn't just write it. It's been out for like a week now, but um, their off season preview is up on spot track. If anybody wants to read there, there, it's not, not great in new Orleans. They've a lot of money committed to very few players on that team. If you like, there's very few players in the NBA that I would call untouchable. Yeah, the list is very. That's that's the word that that gets that gets me there. But but I think the Pelicans will not go out of their way to move either one of those guys. Yep. Uh, My guy Senpai says, "How bad is the jaw suspension going to be?" Miles Bridges somehow only got 30 games, while Aiton got 50 for PEDs. Seems like these are all over the place. Aiton got 25. 
right? Yeah. I think today was 25. The Aiden PD one, though, that is specifically spelled out in the, the CBA. So that's why he got what he got. There, there's no no wiggle room in that one. You test positive for certain banned substances, especially performance enhancing ones, and you get what you get for a suspension. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't go um, there. Um, Miles Bridges, yeah, that's we've but talked. But they were counting the year. That. That's it. it. They kind of said he already missed a whole year, and he didn't get paid for a whole year because he wasn't under any kind of contract. So, you know, that that one. I get it, right? I still know people who are like, that's still not enough. But, you know, so that is what it is. And then Ja, yeah, I, I think it's probably going to be about 20 games. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he got eight before with credit for time served. Some people felt that was lenient. It was more for me when Adam Silver did that interview with, I think it was with Malika Andrews. I know it was with ESPN. And you could just see, I mean, he was so upset, like, and so unhappy and disappointed with you know what had happened with Ja, mm-hmm. that I, I think it's you know going to happen there. So, with threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles; we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Um, yeah. Uh, if, if they expand, do they have to rebalance East, West, and divisions? They don't have to do that. They, I think they, they will. They probably will. They seem pretty married to the conference idea. So I think what happens is it'll probably, my guess is it'll be Memphis or Minnesota that gets moved East. Um, a lot of people have pushed for Memphis over the years. Minnesota is further west than Memphis, but Minnesota is also closer to teams like Milwaukee and Chicago mm-hmm. um, in, in some respects than Memphis is to anybody. So so we'll see. But it'll be probably one of those two. It only needs to be one because you're adding two. It's just math. And people always argue this. If you had two, you got to move two. You'd be unbalanced again. So it's only mm-hmm. one's going to go. Um, so, yeah, and that's assuming, right, that it's – like Vegas and Seattle and two West coast teams. Right. Yeah. I would have to imagine, let's assume that it is Vegas and Seattle. Then you just wind up picking one of, of Minnesota and Memphis and uh, one of those teams moves over yep. and off you go. And then that's, yep. that's it. I think that's the, the simple solution. Now I do think though, that there could be an opportunity to redraw some of the divisions within sure. the conferences. Yeah. And maybe that would be the, the moment to do it when yep. you're bringing in two new teams anyway. And that's obviously a bigger discussion that, that we can have, sure. but um other than that, I think you're right. I think I think in terms of the conferences, you just slide over either Minnesota or Memphis, and yeah. that's how you how you roll from there. And then you can figure out what you want to do with the divisions if you want to change them up or, or how you want to play that. And it's important to note this is coming after, and we're talking like this is a done deal because I think we're both very much of the belief this is mm-hmm. coming. Um, and Adam Silver has basically said so. Like right, get now it's it was get the CBA and the TV contract done. The CBA is done, so. Now let's get the TV contract and go. So I think um, it's this is coming after in-season tournament, after they've had years of the play-in tournament, after they'll probably do continue to work on some form of schedule reform. So I think they, they'll. This is a good chance to kind of you know, hey, let's go try some stuff, right? Let's try to mm-hmm. you know experiment here a little bit. We may see them really you know, break things up with, with this, uh, you know, when they go that way. All right. Uh, who would call uh, him right there? Let's do, let's do, let's do Jacques Booker's. 
Okay. I think one Binyama oh, overrated or underrated in his career, fully healthy. All right. So I'm glad you put the fully healthy part in there. Yeah. If he, you know, in fully healthy, I, I always assume that means reasonable health. Right? Reasonably healthy. Right. No As, he's not 100% the, but yeah. he doesn't have, but he doesn't go like, Gre- he doesn't go Greg Oden or something yeah, like exactly. that. Right, right. Um, I think he's going to be great. Yeah. I, I just, I just think he's going to be awesome. Like I, I think he's going to be absolutely incredible. Um, so yeah, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, you know, I guess I don't know which way that'll be. <laughs> like I don't, am I overrating him or will he be underrating compared to? I, I think he's correctly so, rated yeah. if he if he stays out. I mean, there's yeah. so uh, look, there are things that I'm not I'm not a scout. Right. If I watch a game and a scout watch a, watches a game, they're going to notice things in a player's game that I'm not necessarily going to, right? Because that's their job and that's what they're focused on and that's what they are the best at, right? So I'm not always going to be right when I'm predicting who's going to be good, who's going to be, who's not, right? But, um, but I do think I can do a decent job evaluating players. And when you look at Wemby Yama out there on the floor, yeah, you could say he's not playing against NBA caliber competition but he's doing things that no one else on the floor can do that and that's and that's even at the nba level he does stuff where you're like well damn there's nobody else in the nba that can do what he just did he looks like when an adult is playing on like the kid's seven foot rim or something like that it is absolutely insane so i think he's going to be very 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 good again health permitting that's always the, the question mark with these guys. You never know when it's going to be, you know, a Brandon Roy knee issue or a Greg Oden. Sorry, Blazers fans, man, picking on you here. But <laughs> um, but you never know when that's going to happen. But I think he's going to be fantastic. I think he's going to be fantastic. I don't think – I think maybe there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve in the early going. Um, but there's nothing that, that I see that says that this guy can't do a lot of what he's doing at the NBA level. Yeah, I and I'll tell you, I'm not from everybody I've talked to, I'm not the slightest bit worried about that he's skinny. If anything, a lot of people are saying it's better that he's skinny at his size than being heavy because it's sure. less pounding on his knees and his feet and all those things. The things that derailed, um, completely derailed uh Yao Ming's career, right? He was just mm-hmm. too big. Like like, you know, you, you can't you can't play a sport that involves a lot of running and jumping and be that large and that heavy and just not have problems in your lower body. And, you know, Wambinyama is, you know, he's, he's no skinnier than a, a ton of other guys who come in the league and end up holding up just fine. Brandon you know, Ingram is still in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Brandon Ingram, Kevin Durant, when he first came in. Oh my right? goodness. And, uh, you know, and those guys have worked a lot on their body. He's going to work. He's going to fill out. Over time, right? He'll add muscle. He'll, you know, he's never going to be, you know, somebody where it's going to be, like, oh my God, this guy's now throwing everybody around. But yeah, I, I think he's going to be excellent. I, I really do. I, I think, you know, you're coming in with this kid is going to be really, really good, um, you know, and, and put, play really, really well. So yeah, I, I think, you know, I think we've got a chance on on this guy, you know, being something special with, yeah. with this. Uh, yeah. Somebody asked just real quick. I want to hit hit this one. Uh, who was it? It was 
two nice guys for you asked, have I done any research on Grant Nelson? Somebody pointed him out to me um, in season. So I've, I've been huge on Drew Pember from UNC Asheville. I was been kind of my guy for a while that I was super excited about. Somebody's like, if you like him, check out Grant Nelson. He plays at North Dakota state. He can play. He, he's, he's, he's pretty big. Um, I want to see him shoot it better. Um, from, from the outside and see if he can become kind of like a stretch five type guy. Cause he's not like a dominant monster big inside. Um, but my guess is he's I think he's listed out at about six foot 11 or seven foot. He's probably closer to like six foot 10, um, but he can play. I think, you know, I, he's got another year of eligibility left. So I hope he goes back to school. I don't think he you know has to come out this year. Um, go, go back out and, you know, the, 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 you know, and Jason's pointing out terrible in combine scrimmages. Yeah, some guys just don't show up in that environment. It's not the, you know, it's it's only a couple steps above pickup because they're not really running stuff. They're not, yeah. you know, there's stuff. And I think he's somebody's got to be in a system. But, you know, I, I like him enough. But go back to school, you know, really raise his draft profile, maybe you know, get his team into the tournament and get, get more people, you know, watching and knowing his name and then be out there. And the big thing to keep an eye on here is a lot of these guys are out of the combine. Now there's that third two way spot. That is, um, you know, 30 more jobs yeah. in the league that didn't exist a year ago. So there's going to be a lot more guys that come out that go undrafted, but then are going to with the idea of like, all right, I'm still going to come out because it seems like, yo, know, I have a really great shot at a two way spot. So absolutely. Absolutely. It's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, and it's crazy. Like the draft isn't that far away. No, nope. a little like, over we're a month. Not that far. It's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Trying to cover a play playoff run in the midst of preparing for the draft in the midst of uh, writing 30 off season previews and multiple free agent previews. Easy. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, pat myself on the back because I want people to go check it out. All of our free agency stuff is up on Spot Track. I did uh, a little blurb about every single potential free agent um, in this free agent class. There's, you know, that's like 200 something players. Um, there, there's something about every single guy, even the two way guys who barely played in the NBA. I went back, I watched film on them, I talked to uh, team execs to get a little bit of a thought on those guys. So that's all out there, all ranked by position. Um, all five positions stick with the traditional positions. We're not quite ready yet, um, but we've got all that stuff out there. And I think people can really, um, you know, go out there and get start getting prepped for, for free agency as you, you know, watch these games. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Make sure you guys give those a look and let's go enjoy the weekend. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you for coming in on a, a later than usual front office yes. Friday. Appreciate you all accommodating our schedules. Um, but thank you again for coming in. Make sure if you're not doing so already, you're subscribing to the NBA front office YouTube channel. And of course, go follow us over on Apple podcast, Spotify, wherever it is you listen to podcasts till next time, everybody see ya and stay safe.